This is the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where it's all about getting the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. Brought to you by Inamur Shafir, founder and CEO of Umbrella, the technology platform and brand that is powering thousands of marketing agencies around the country. Find him at UmbrellaUS.com. And now, here's your host, Inamar Shafir. Welcome to the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where we talk with successful marketing experts about ways to build and grow your digital marketing agency. Uh, our guest today is a thought-after marketing consultant and trainer. His consulting roster includes the likes of IBM, Google, Microsoft, Hilton, Gerber Life, Experience, Disney, ESPN, and many, many more. He is the author of three marketing books, An Hour a Day, Wired to be Wild, and Teach New Dogs Old Tricks, which we're going to talk about. His training curriculum is used by uh, Rogers University and Duke University. I may have said it wrong, among others. I'm excited to say hello to Mr. Matt Bailey. Hi, Matt. Hey, how are you doing today? I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate you coming. And obviously, he's a person that has trained and consulted to big brands and universities. Uh, I'm so happy that you can come today and talk with our listeners and maybe, maybe give them some tidbits to help them grow their business and grow their clients' business as well. Uh, before we jump into how we help them, maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you got to doing what you're doing today. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it, great. it was mid-90s and I was out of university with a degree in journalism. And what that taught me was that I didn't want to be in journalism. And so I found my way into real estate sales uh, and I was doing commercial real estate. And this is about the time I started building a website because I realized with, if I'm selling a commercial property, I can't list it locally. I can't rely on the newspaper. And if I was going to go a national magazine, that's $10,000 for a full page color ad. So I started building a website that was just something I'd always been interested in, start developing it. And I'm starting to get leads from all over the world on these properties that I'm putting on my website. That made me excited. Then I had other realtors contacting me saying, when we do a search for real estate, you're coming up and I want my property on your site. And how much do you want? And that's when my head exploded because then I realized I can make money from other people putting their stuff on my website, I don't even have to sell it. And so all of a sudden it just started, you know, my, my mind went into overdrive. I ended up leaving real estate and going full on into website development, marketing, because it was just such an amazing, amazing time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's really where I got started with that. And then I, I you know, I worked both uh, brand side for a couple of years, but I found the agency side to be so much more exciting. Uh, much more happening. Eventually, I started my own agency, uh, ran that for about 10 years, and now I've transformed it into an education agency. So I know that you're teaching a lot of, uh, you're consulting to a lot of companies. You're also, your curriculum is being used in universities. I also saw on your LinkedIn, we didn't get a chance to talk about it before the podcast, that you're involved with the New Media Academy. Yes. Which, you know, caught my eye, and I think it's very interesting. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, New Media Academy is based in Dubai, and they are developing digital skills for the Mi Middle East. And one of the things, especially in Dubai, that I found was so interesting 
is that digital is only 2% of their economy. And wow. whereas your average is almost 20% or a little over 20% that digital contributes to the economy. So there is a big emphasis in the region to develop digital skills within the population and influencers, uh, programmers, uh, you know, just to raise the, the level. And so they are investing a lot into education for the, the, the region. Uh, and then they want to expand outside the region. So right now that is just an exciting project to be a part of. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. And, you know, it's, it's also interesting because I think it forces you to find the fundamentals that work for everybody. You're teaching Absolutely. people in the US, yes. now you're teaching people in the Middle East, maybe you're teaching some, uh, you're consulting some companies in Europe, and you need to find the middle ground that works for everybody without the, the local narrative, right? Absolutely. And that's what's beautiful about digital marketing is there is a foundation that doesn't change. You can rely on it, you can build on it, and then you find out how it applies to you, what you're doing. And that's when you start to customize, but there's always a, a, you know, a foundation, a framework that you can start with, regardless of how big you are. And I think that's also a good, a good point for our listeners, because many times uh, I talk with a lot of small agency owners and it's always, I work with a real estate agent, blah, blah, blah. I work with an HVAC company. What can I do? I work with a lawyer. What can I do? And it's true. The different niches have different narratives to them, but marketing at its core has the same building blocks, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things I loved about agency life is today, yeah, I'm working with a lawyer. Tomorrow, I'm going to work with that HVAC company. Different business models, different business things, and the mix just adjusts. It, it, the mix changes a bit based on who you're working with, but your basic framework is still the same. So I know you're a big data guy. You're big on analytics, you're big in data, uh, and and uh, you're basically, you know, on your website, I think it even says that you're teaching marketers how to turn data into results, yes. right? So what? try to encapsulate what do you mean by that, turning data into results, because, you know, a lot of people, you go on the web, you hear data, 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 and a lot of small marketers say, okay, Data what? I, I generate leads. I have clicks. What are we talking about? And what, what may be my missing? All right. So regardless of the size of company I'm training, and this is one thing I have found. So, you know, over the years, everyone has the same questions about analytics. I just did a training last week with a Fortune 500 company. I asked them, what's your top five questions about analytics? And they were, what data is important? How do I turn data into action? How do I know where to find the data? How do I trust the data? Those are basic questions. And so, and, and I'm finding that these are universal across marketing, that people are asking the same questions. They have the same frustrations. Very rarely am I running into a company where the entire marketing department is in line, understanding completely what we're doing with data and analytics. Mm -hmm. And so that's the exception. So, when I talk about turning data into action, it is what am I doing from a marketing standpoint and how am I aligning my measurements with each stage of that marketing? Then how do I take those measurements and apply them to know where there's a problem, what I need to do, 
how do I find causality if I see a number that's out of con or that's out of whack? And then how do I identify those numbers? Right. So it's it's just like I said, marketing right now. If, if anyone's out of university, they're not being taught analytics. And anyone who's been in marketing, <laughs> and they've never been taught analytics. So we've all got a fundamental problem for marketing is we've never been formally taught how to use or apply analytics. And the problem is people end up just doing what the person before them did, which is typically copying and pasting tables out of Google Analytics into a oh. PowerPoint. <laughs> and you end up, and I'm sorry, you know, in agencies, we are so guilty of this. We open up our software, whether it's paid search management, analytics, whatever, we copy the reports, we paste them into a PowerPoint, and that's what we send the client, a 40 or 50 slide PowerPoint deck that just contains data tables. Mm -hmm. And where's our insight? Where's our recommendations? Where is the, because of this, this is what we're going to do. That's what the client wants to see, not dozens of tables. I agree. I agree. So I'm going to do a little bit of a role play with you. All right. And I know, I'm known, I'm known I'm going to simplify the very long process, but it's, you know, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, try, try to help where you can. So you're the data consultant. Uh, you teach people how to turn data into insights and uh, into results, excuse me. And I'm, I'm an agency and I have a client, let's say for the sake of argument, it's service company, um, a divorce attorney. No, that's, doesn't, it's not, it's, that's not good. Maybe, I don't know, nothing with attorney goes well. Yeah, yeah uh, let's avoid attorneys. <laughs> yeah, and then we need to avoid also dentists and uh, all the, uh, you know, an HVAC company. So, right. so how, how bad could that be? Um, repair your conditioning. So uh, they're basically lead service companies mm -hmm. and their funnel is usually, uh, let's generate leads online somehow. Those leads somehow, need to reach somebody at the HVAC company. Yep. That somebody needs to reach back to the client. Many agencies experience a break there, yes. both in both in actions, but also in data. It's like a, mm -hmm. a missing blob, like nobody knows what's happening. And then there's obviously the person sales acumen, which I'm taking out of the equation because let's say we can't control it and uh, it, 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 and we can't, it's too, it's too tough. Yep. Uh, and so... They, and they have leads coming up from different places, right? They're doing SEO, mm -hmm. doing some PPC. Uh, HVAC usually don't do Facebook advertising, but uh, let's say SEO and PPC. And also maybe they have some uh, retargeting and local listings. Mm -hmm. And yep. tra traffic is coming. And also, I guess, um, no, that's enough. Yeah. SEO, Google, uh, retargeting some local listings. And leads coming in and then and they're trying to identify how to put in place the mechanisms to say how can I reduce the lead cost without damaging the lead quality? Uh, how how do I even check if I damage the lead quality what, what, when I change my my campaign? Um, and how do I attribute? It sounds easy, right? To attribute stuff, uh, especially when, when it's just Google and S, when it's offline. But it, 
I see a lot of people stuck with that. Yep. And yep. and what questions should I should I ask myself to just make this campaign better? Maybe All right. like you yeah. said. So I, I put a lot of you. You have. You have. Yeah. yeah. So no, here's the thing. You're asking the right questions, and that's where it starts. It all starts with like, so the first thing you did was you listed, here's all my channels. I'm using SEO, paid search. I'm using local listings and I'm also doing some retargeting. Fantastic. Those are your channels. Let's back up. Let's back up because what you talked about, your, your first objective. Now, and the, the objective comes before the channel. Your objective was, I want to reduce my lead cost. Ah, now, okay, so now that sets the plan. And the plan is now, if, if I know that you, you as that business owner, your goal, your business objective is to reduce lead cost. That tells me right now you're managing lead cost. You've got a number already. Now, maybe me as the agency, I need to know that number. And so right away, this sets the tone for how I approach the analytics. I need to know what's the lead cost for anything generated by SEO? What's the lead cost for anything generating by paid? What's the lead cost for anything generated by local? And when I have retargeting over top of that, now I have multiple channels involved and how are how's my attribution there? So I need to know what is the lead cost for each of those channels. Right. Now, if my goal is to reduce those costs, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at reducing by SEO, oh my goodness, you know, now that's, that goes to my ability as an agency owner or salesperson to explain why if I'm paying so much per month for SEO, there is not a direct ROI based on what you pay this month and what, how many leads you got this month, because we all know SEO is, you know, that's something that you could stop paying on SEO. It's going to go for months, maybe years. And so mm -hmm. SEO is not a direct return on investment. It reflects that, but it's not a direct influence. Paid search, PPC, that is a direct cash in, cash out right. exchange. So that is a direct return on investment that I could look. And yeah, now I'm looking at if I need to reduce my costs, I'm going to look at that paid search budget. How can I improve my campaign in order to reduce costs? Uh, local, it's kind of one of those, it is what it is. We're not putting a lot of money into it, right. maybe just some time. Uh, and then our retargeting, which is re related there. So right away, if you want to reduce costs, and that's what you've given me, I know that the best place that I can focus on that is on the paid and retargeting side. And I can now develop a plan as to how do I go about doing that? And all those metrics that come along with paid search enable me to develop comparisons, to develop a testing plan, to look at what I should look at. Because now also I'm more focused on the financial side. I'm looking at my, you know, what's my cost per mil for impressions? What's my cost per click? What, you know, those types of things, because that's not a direct influence on my overall lead cost, but they are KPIs, right. key performance indicators that help me understand what the trend is. So that's, 
that's kind of how we put that together. And mm -hmm. then we start looking at your baselines. What are your comparisons and how do we then determine action? Now you threw a wrench into the whole mix then. When you said not only just reduce my lead cost, but as soon as you threw the word lead quality, uh, two words, okay. As soon as you <laughs> threw quality into that, you broke the entire thing. Because here's the thing, if I'm going to measure lead quality, well now I need to measure the entire process. Not just you, Mr. Business Owner, getting the lead, but how are you following up on that? Who's following up on it? How many follow-ups did you make? Do you have a, a welcome series? Do you have a nurture series? Do you know how many contacts are going on here? And I need to be able to measure that entire process unto the actual sale. Right. Because if I can't measure that, then you can't hold me accountable for measuring quality. If you don't let me see the whole process. And that's where a lot of agencies, a lot of marketers get trapped because they're expected to measure quality, but they can't see outside the acquisition silo, not yeah. the nurture silo. And so it's so important to make that differentiation. So yeah, you want me to measure lead quality. You need to have a CRM. I need to see what your salespeople are doing. I need, you know, and yeah, do you yeah, want yeah. me that involved in your business to see those things? Because <laughs> if then I'll measure lead quality. So it really set, you set it up great with, here's my objective. Here's what I want to accomplish. Great tells me now, here's where I focus. Here's what's in my power. And here's how I can go about doing that. Okay. Very good. And uh, are you, do you think it's okay for marketers to come and say, okay, because I'm stuck in the acquisition silo, I'm going to help you business person by putting a, a, a different, I don't know if it's a KPI, maybe we could call it a different KPI on the quality and say quality is qualification. Meaning this lead, a lead that, uh, a lead that uh, entered four fields is not as qualified as the lead who went through 12 fields or in the form or went to, through three steps. You think that's, kind of an okay approach to to sideway to say this is quality now we, this is defined yeah. as a quality lead because it has 12 attributes <laughs> <laughs> well and again so that that would be a kpi because it affects my judgment of quality but unless i know if six fields as opposed to four fields results in a better sale i don't know yeah. Uh, you know, that's what I mean. I've got to have that final measurement in order to track it all the way back and, and give that proper attribution to the KPIs. So I know if they're relevant or not. Uh, okay. Great question. Great question. I, I love this. This is <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love your answers. I think, and, and do you think I'm going to take it a, another step? Because what we're talking about, agencies run into this every day. Yeah. Uh, and do you think, let's say the volume is there. Mm -hmm. Is it okay also to say to a business person, uh, to the business owner, I'm not going to check your entire sales funnel. I can't do that. Doesn't matter right now why. But you can tell me if you made a sale. Like that simple. We can look at the end of the week, the end of the month and see, okay, these leads converted. Pending the volume is there. That could be a proper indication, no? It can be. Um, 
I think we both know relying on the owner to tell you how many sales they got is a very undependable method. <laughs> I, yeah, there's that, but man, I, I need to have that, uh, that independent verification. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the analytics, I'll see what happens. If they've got a CRM, uh, you know, I can get into that. And if, if I'm allowed to, I can get into there and see that. I'd rather have that a means of logging in and seeing it uh, rather than having it reported. Because um, yeah, sometimes yeah. that'll lead to someone wanting to renegotiate based on performance. And I no, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. So. <laughs> 100%. Uh, so, you know, is this what we're talking about here? Uh, you had an episode on your podcast, Endless Coffee Cup, uh, titled How to Ask Good Questions. Yes. Okay, was basically learning about how to ask good questions. So for small digital marketing agencies, is this what we're talking about now? Asking those questions? This podcast is brought to you by Umbrella. Have an agency? Check out UmbrellaUS.com to grow it today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I find that here's the problem. As an as a agency, you go meet with your client. Your client hired you because they don't know the questions to ask. They don't know, I mean, they want someone to handle their digital marketing because either they don't have the time to explore the questions and the answers, or they, they know they can't do it. And so they're going to trust you to do it. So when you come in and you give them a monthly report, here's how many clicks you got. Here's how many clicks led to sales, you know, and we just go down through the funnel. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, they're not going to ask any questions because they don't know the questions to ask. And if they did ask a question, and here's something I see a lot, if a client asks a question, most of the time the agency can't answer it. Hmm. Um, primary example, uh, and I work, so when I'm working with the big brands, I'm working with them on how to work with their agencies. <laughs> so, and, and so I'll, I'll tell them, here's four questions to ask. Do you have a testing plan for my paid search? Uh, what have you tested that has increased the click-through rate? Uh, what have you tested that, uh, you know, what are you, and, and it all revolves around, oh, also how many keywords am I bidding on? Those yeah. three simple questions, most agencies can't answer when they're in that meeting. Wow. Because, <laughs> and because unless the person who actually did the campaign is in the meeting, it's not going to happen. That's true. So, you know, and so now you've got a breakdown. And so asking the right questions of your client you gave it to me because you're in the agency side. You gave me, I want to lower my lead cost. Unless I know that from a client, unless I know what is driving you, do you want to increase market share, decrease lead costs, increase revenue? It's give me that big picture. What do you want? What are you accomplishing? Or what do you want to accomplish? I don't have a plan. And so I yep. want to know that big picture. Now, okay, you want to decrease uh, lead cost. All right, what are ways we can do that? Well, we can get more leads for the same amount of money. We can improve process. We can, and, and so you start asking questions that way instead of automatically running to, well, let's do a cheap campaign on Facebook. Because yep. now you're thinking tactically rather than strategically. I think 99% of, oh, maybe I'm exact, 98% <laughs> of the small businesses uh, think very tactically. Oh, I agree. I saw this the other day. Someone was telling me that they, they put it out that, you know, our goal here is going to be increased leads. 
and immediately one of the markers starts talking about TikTok. And, you know, it's again, it's another one of those pulling your hair out moments that that's a tactical platform. You are way down strategically. How do we increase leads? Uh, you know, let's talk about media. Let's talk about approach. Let's talk about the story that we're going to tell. We can't talk about tactics this far, you know, this, this far in advance. Yeah. 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 It happens. Yeah. Uh, so, so I guess I'm, I'm pretty sure I know. We, you work with companies like Disney, Procter & Gamble, which, you know, P&G is probably one of the best marketers on the planet throughout the past, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Uh, but also Google, IBM, Microsoft. Do you remember any situation or case study that can be applicable to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um one of my favorite, and I, I use this a lot, and because one of the, say one of the pieces of advice that bounces around every couple of months in the SEO world is bounce rate, and there is bad advice going around saying that if you've got a high bounce rate, that it will lower your rankings, and I, this is so false. It is such a bad piece of advice. Here's the reason. We were working with a big brand. It was a sugar substitute, and they had close to a 98% bounce rate. And that was site-wide. We started digging into it and really finding out what was going on. And what we found out is that the majority of searches that ended up at the site were people looking for how many packets make a quarter cup. Or how many packets for a tablespoon? How many? Mm. And it was all conversion types, which meant that these were people that knew the brand, have the brand in at their house, and they're cooking with it. And so we started digging into that. And, and what we were finding is most people that did those searches ended up at, guess what page? The conversion table page. Mm. It was a successful visit. They got the answer to their question. Right. But, but here's the cool thing. We didn't stop there. We didn't stop by saying, this is good. It's a, it's a high bounce rate. It's good. We started looking at, well, wait a minute. If they have it, why aren't they using it more often? Why are they searching for conversion tables and started? So we started dig digging in and we found out the vast majority of searches, like 70% of searches, November and December, especially in the mm. US. And it, yeah. that's holiday cooking time. And that's when people were cooking with sugar substitutes because Uncle Joe is coming over. He can't have sugar. And he's, you know, so mm -hmm. that was doing it. So all of a sudden, this then created a new campaign of developing a cookbook with the conversion tables in it. And nice. very quick, put in your email address. We'll send it to you. You can claim it. Because also what we realized is we can't put a, a, a form, a pop-up form, when someone is looking at the conversion tables. Because started doing research, people are only looking conversion tables when they're in the kitchen on their phone or on an iPad and they're in middle of baking. To even do the search is interrupting the big task. Yeah. So if we were to put a pop-up window with six, you know, six form required fields and get your book, it would anger people. But if we put it off to the side, that just pop your email address in here and we'll we'll follow up and send you, the, you know, this increased subscriptions by, I, I, I mean, I think it like tripled it that year Wow! Uh, because it was, and, and I had to fight for that because they wanted to pop up. 
They wanted the <laughs> pop up. And I'm like, no, you are, you're just going to anger people, upset them because they're here to do something and you're interrupting them with a promotion. Let them right. do it on their own time. Uh, so all that to say, just having a high bounce rate didn't mean it was bad. And, and there's a difference between the bounce rate of someone coming to your site and leaving. There's 10,000 10, reasons why that could happen. Yeah. The bounce rate that they're talking about from SEO is when someone does a search, looks at this site, goes back to the search results, then goes to the next site, goes back to the search result, goes back, and they pogo stick between yeah. the results. That, and that's such a small part of the algorithm that you can't, you can't make a judgment off of that. So great question. <laughs> no, great, long on that. <laughs> not at all. That's amazing. I, I love that case study. Uh, and I, I seen as well in simplifying uh, stats. I think uh, it's also, you know, and maybe that's another layer to it. It's knowledge, but also sometimes I feel the data uh I like somebody else to give me the insight. Like mm -hmm. I feel that I'm, I'm going to drown from a time perspective, not just from a knowledge perspective. Yes. In it. And I, I just don't have, I, I don't have the time and it's true, right? Data requires, it requires a lot of a focused time, at least for, for, so Yeah, Go, yeah, I, I get where you're going. Um, there's different levels. The first level is just reporting. I'm telling you what happened. The second level is I'm telling you why it happened. So now I've, I can report what's happened. That, that unfortunately is where 90% of us are. And that's, I'm telling you what happened. And how I'm telling you is that I'm copying and pasting data tables. Okay, that, that's, that's where 90% yeah. of people are. Now, the next... I say 7%. Here's why this happened. Now I'm digging into some causal factors. I'm doing my analysis. And yes, that requires time. It's easy to just tell you what happened. To tell you why it happened is going to require a deeper level of analysis and looking at that. Now, next level, what to do. See, now I'm digging in. Oh, okay, now we've got to make recommendations. And what's the impact of doing that recommendation? So yeah, now I'm spending a few more hours And, and usually I'm focused on a specific process. I'm not mm -hmm. looking at all the site data. I'm looking at something that has stood out to me as if I want to lower the cost per lead, here is a part of the process that I think really needs some attention. And now I'm analyzing, I'm thinking, coming up with ideas and, and doing that. That that should be, you know, there's, there's a level to how much you're spending. When I had my agency, I, I had two full-time analysts And their time was spent, you know, beginning of the month, we got to make the report. That's the what happened. Now, yeah. for then for certain clients, it was, okay, why did it happen? And they would spend a couple hours on that. Now, if we're going to get to how to improve, they spent a whole day on it. Yeah. Then also, I would allow them one or two days a month to simply, you don't have to come to meetings. You don't have to be on phone calls. You have two days blocked out. Just poke around. Go look, see what hits you. And, and, yeah. and, and a good analyst, they're asking questions. They're looking at processes. They're looking at tasks. They're, they're evaluating things. And usually they would come out with some amazing insights of things. We can do this right now and we can improve the process. 
Um, and and yeah. but the thing is, you got to set that time aside. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. I I I agree. I think I think there. I think because of that time element, the acumen that you need to do that. It's not even acumen. It's uh, I mean, some people don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Like you have you have communicators. Like they like to talk with people. They don't like to dig into data. It's just a different personality type. Let's let's yeah. say, and then because of those reasons, I think actually this is a very sought after skill set and the amount that people will be willing to pay for it is fairly high if you compare a lot of different skill sets like media buyer and other types of uh, or SEO manager or if one of my issues, for example, in our company is I don't have a good data guy. Mm. And it's, it's, it's very hard also because with, 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 with every type of consultant that just makes recommendations and is not supposed to deliver a specific result, your ability to know if they're doing a good job is limited. So you want reference and you want them to be working in your industry and you want to know about them. And there are just not a lot of those. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think for anybody that actually, you know, learns from you, and take on that skill set, I think it can spike the amount that they're charging per hour. Oh, if, if, if absolutely, it's it's a different, <laughs> and also and also, a lead in into maybe bigger business. Yeah, uh, that are more interested in that. When you make a change, when you tell the client, you know what, we were digging around your site, we found this, we're going to make this change here, and here's here's kind of what we're expecting from it. And then what you actually produce is 20 times what you expected. All of a sudden now, they look at you completely differently. They, 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 and, and let me back up a little bit. The best data person I ever hired was not a data person. All right. They, in fact, I think it's when most job postings, just to look at Google analytics and marketing analytics, they're asking for advanced degrees in math. And that's the wrong direction. That might be good. What I found in hiring and, and bringing in data people, number one, curiosity, asking questions. The first, the best analyst I ever worked with started out as an SEO copywriter. Mm -hmm. And then he came into my office and said, well, how do I know what I just did is effective? I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. let me show you this. And I showed him analytics. And all of a sudden he's digging in. He's, his background is in music, music production and engineering. Um, and then another analyst I brought in, her background is in music and she's a, was a music teacher and doing, there's something about patterns. And, and I think that that's part of it. Um, but the best hmm. ability, the best analyst ability is to ask questions and questions that are applied to the business outcome. That if I change this, how does it affect leads? How does it affect the cost of leads? Right. How does it affect the ease of someone filling out this form? And it's, it's, those kinds of questions, and then you go look at the data to answer that question, and that's what helps guide you to real great insights. So, segueing, I think it's a, it's a good segue to to talk a little bit about what you're doing for marketers on the, on the training side, mm -hmm. right? You have uh, Site Logic and Insight Logic. You have, and we, we talked about it before. You work with big brands, but you also have started to produce courses for smaller marketers, 
agencies like listening to us or marketers in different companies. And uh, first off, it's in learn.sitelogic.com, right? Yes. That's where they, yep. And, and guys, I want you to go there and check it out because this is core skill. Can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about how do, how is that training structured and how easy it is, quote unquote, uh, to go through? Well, so even though I've been training large businesses, one of the things I've always been doing is developing training for LinkedIn and for a lot of other companies that cater to the small, medium-sized business. So I've been tied into that. But one thing I don't like about the training industry, I, and I was looking at this the other day, someone was bragging about, come to our training, we have over 200 hours of video. And I don't know about you, but that scares me. That doesn't inspire me. I don't want to sit and watch 200 hours of video to learn how to do something. <laughs> so I am taking a completely different approach to training. I am. So yeah, go to learn.sitelogic.com. I am not trying to get 10,000 people into this program. I want five, five people, because what you're going to do is, yeah, I've got videos. They're about five minutes long and you'll probably have a dozen of them, but what you're going to have are assignments assignments that are based on actual workflow, actual client work, actual mm -hmm. development of strategy and how you execute it. And then you're going to get personal feedback. And this is why I'm not going to scale because people don't learn through watching videos. And that's what all these companies are trying to do. They're trying to get thousands of people to their site to watch videos. And the problem is you get no feedback. You, yeah. you know, I, you know and, and they'll give you, a, you know, here's this document, fill this out. Well, who's going to tell me if I did it right? So that's what I'm doing with, with learn.sitelogic.com is you enroll, you, I give you assignments, I give you templates, you work through them. And then if I don't give you feedback, some people on my staff, everyone's got more than 10 years experience. And we're going to make this as real world, hands-on as possible. And right now we've got a, uh, a certification course is the first one we launched. It's for the OMCA certification. And uh, if you want more about that, go to omcp.org. Uh, and that is a, an international certification that you meet the competency requirements in digital marketing. And mm -hmm. so it covers the major disciplines of paid SEO, content marketing, uh, optimization or uh, uh, conversion optimization, email that you understand the fundamentals of each of those disciplines. Uh, you sit for that test to get your certification. Uh, immediately, that is a credibility builder. Um, right. So that's why I don't offer my own certification because most training companies will give you their certification because you took their content. I believe in that third-party independent certification. All my certification does is tell you you're eligible to sit for their test. <laughs> so that's what it is. Um, but then, yeah, we're, we're in the process right now. We uh, actually just this morning, I was working on finishing up the first analytics training. Uh, we're going to have at least three to start with. Uh, and then you can get one at a time. You can build a bundle. Uh, it's up to you. And then we're just going to be, we, we've, we're launching probably four or five courses every, every month that we'll be doing. And then also any of the monthly webinars we do are going on there as well. That's great. I'm, I'm definitely going to get the analytics one. Uh, I'm telling you that in advance. Uh, I'm super impressed. Matt, and not that you need my kudos, you're helping much bigger companies, uh, but 
I think I, I truly think that it's core today for marketers to understand analytics. Not only analytics is not just the analytics tool. It's not just the Google analytics, understanding analysis of data mm-hmm. as a marketer and how to ask the right questions, create the right KPIs. And from there on generate results. I think a lot of marketers are missing that part. Um, small and big, like you said, yep. And I have 5,000 more questions for you, but uh, we, need to end, we need to end the show. No, really, I have, I have 22 questions. I think I asked you 10 that I wrote down for myself. I'll um, be more than happy to come back and answer a few more. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll invite you then. I'll, um, uh, but I want to finish. We always finish with a quick rapid Q&A. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions. There are no way edgy. But if you feel uncomfortable <laughs> answering any of them, just say pass, okay? All right, all right. Okay. The challenge will so, be for you to make it short. So let's see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get along with your parents growing up? Absolutely, yes. Well, do you... <laughs> that's it, gone. Do, well... <laughs> do you have siblings? <laughs> we had our moments, but overall, yeah. <laughs> so do you have siblings? Yes. I have two younger brothers. Do you have a pet? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have kids? <laughs> yes, I have four daughters. <laughs> uh, how old were you when your first daughter was born? I was 29. When do you wake up? 6.30. When do you go to bed? Ooh, 11. Ideal vacation? Caribbean. Are you a man of faith? Yes. Excellent, Matt. I want to thank you very, very much for being on the show today. And guys, go to learn.sitelogic.com or just go to sitelogic.com and you can learn about Matt and you can learn about the trading and the courses. And like he says, they're doing webinars and coming up with more and more information. This is definitely a person you want to listen to when it comes to digital training. Uh, if you want to be, uh, you'll be in the same boat together with Procter and Gamble and Disney and many, many other big and successful companies. So, Matt, thank you very, very much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. This has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. Probably one of the more fun interviews I've had. So, this has been great. Thank you again. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where we provide the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. Your host has been Inamar Shafir, founder and CEO of Umbrella, the technology platform and brand that is powering thousands of marketing agencies around the country. Find him at UmbrellaUS.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.